All right, hello, welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing Wondering 2nd Edition tonight, continuing our Waking of Angmar campaign that we've been playing now for a couple months, actually. We are on episode 15. We just had a very momentous uh, episode, I think, episode 14, where we killed a boss, actually. The first one, first time that we've been uh, kind of talking about a little bit since the very, very beginning of our campaign. Uh, this session, however, we're di we're going to dive into some fellowship phase stuff. It's going to be a little bit more of a downtime type activity, so uh, we'll have a little bit of relaxation, and we'll kind of start to set the direction for where we might go next. Uh, so that's that's really really fun. Uh, it's also going to be Stephen's first time doing the fellowship phase. This is our third one total. Uh, Stephen's first, and it's also going to be our first Yule fellowship phase. So uh, it's an extended fellowship phase that lasts a couple months. Uh, there's also various midwinter festivals, and then mechanically speaking, it adds some extra options for for an undertaking for folks to take, and uh, kind of tweaks the rules a little bit for fellowship phase. So it should be kind of fun. Do we also uh, turn a year older? Yes. So all of you are now one year older. Oh my god, I almost slipped into it, Ashley. All of you <laughs> folks are now one year. I told older. you. <laughs> <laughs> Get a kettle, Greg. I, I was at a Still nice now. round age, though. I don't want to be a year older. Uh, well, I, I'm sorry. We could go back works. and kill you before. <laughs> that's what you prefer, right before the new year. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Just, I guess could be. Uh, all right. So before we get into all that, why don't we go ahead and just do a little roundtable? Uh, introduce your characters. Uh, we'll get into what skills you picked and all that kind of stuff. We'll do that in games. So don't worry about telling us about that. Just tell us a little about your character, et cetera, et cetera, how they're feeling after the, the big old victory that you had, uh, up in the, up in Southeast Angmar, really. Uh, so we'll start with, uh, with Long, you're up first. Tell us about Floyd. Yes. Floyd, the dwarf of Durin's folk. He's a treasure hunter. Uh, once again, another big combat, he goes down taking no injuries this time, no wounds, but seems like he's been getting down or like just tanking all these fights. He's pretty tired right now. So this rest that he's about to receive, it's going to be nice to tell those dwarf folks that he's taken down mm -hmm. Bulag or Grotag, I bet. Yeah. And you, um, your pony was the one that didn't get hurt, right? It was yeah, Root and Beat. Which one do you have? Is yours Root or Beat? I, beat. I forget. You have Beat and it was Root who got hurt. But both yeah, of them actually yeah. survived. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, like you could probably maybe even spend a little time on your journey back riding, you know, route. We'll see, you know, something like that. Uh, but, uh, okay. And you have gone down a bunch, but you, to be fair, uh, <laughs> you're a tanky guy. It's very hard. You take hits that other people would probably kill other people. So there's that. Also, you are always in forward stance. So you always make it easier for me to hit you. So mm -hmm. there nice. is this thing called defensive stance that you could, you know, play around with a little bit, see what oh, happens. I, don't think I read that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's. it's As you listen, I like yell it at him yeah. every time. <laughs> yeah. So just something to throw out there. And there's even just open stance where it's just like no, no positive, no benefit. But yeah, like every time you go into forward stance, you know, I get an extra bonus die to hit you, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just checking. Just, uh, just, just checking. Just checking. Uh, no, I like it. You're, you're he aggressive. He also gets a bonus die, though. It's true. So. And he Why does. He he's the up? biggest damage dealer. Yeah, he's definitely the biggest damage dealer. Uh, but uh, yeah. And you have uh, fancy armor as well. That's been keeping you alive. Uh, and maybe, we'll see how it goes. Maybe you might learn about some additional properties it might have. We'll see. 
all right, let's move on. Let's move on over. Let's go over to Miss Gilda Kittlegrass. Ashley, tell us about Miss Kittlegrass. Uh, my name is Gilly. Uh, I'm 35 now that, uh, you know, we've aged up. I am a scholar in a Brie Hobbit that's different than a Shire Hobbit. Don't get them confused. Um, as she looks aggressively at Erebon. Um, <laughs> Gilly's favorite hobbies is she likes to journal in her book. She pretty much documents everything that we do. Um, and yeah, she had a, a really kind of like rough time in that whole last adventure. Um, everything was terrifying. Um, she at one point fell into almost into like a troll cave, like right in front of it. There was a troll, there were some orcs um, and she was so terrified, but thankfully she managed to slip into the shadows and disappear. Um, and yeah, so this, it in falling, she actually also got a shadow scar and it's um, on her fingers because she was desperately clawing onto the rock to try and prevent herself from falling. Um, it like ripped up her nails and her fingertips. And so now every time you look at them, you just like remember that moment of near death. Like where yeah. you, you likely, had you not passed that stealth test, it could have gone very poorly. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I had feel... a plan. You would probably gotten cooked. And eat and fed to trolls yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, my endurance is only twenty two. <laughs> wow. It wouldn't. It wouldn't take much to. Yeah, I mean, there was uh, one of the lieutenants was right there, so one of the the kind of more enhanced uh, orcs. Yeah. Uh, there's a stone troll, a couple other soldiers, and then there's a cave filled with cave trolls. So. Yep. Yeah. It could have been really, really, really bad for you. It uh, would have been but, awful. But uh, you're tiny, and you took advantage of your tininess, and you got away. Uh, and I still remember afterwards, Ashley was just like, so can I, can we say I like saw into the cave? Like, get out of here. Get out of here. You're lucky you didn't <laughs> I die. I wanted to roll. <laughs> really? Like, what the, are the chances? No. Not a two, Jeff. Let me flip a coin. Hell no. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, that's one of those things where I always have to remind myself, don't give them a chance to roll if there is no chance for them to get it. Because what'll yeah. happen is they'll roll well and then you're, you're kind of forced. So like, no. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, uh, let's move on down. We got bottom row. Uh, we got a renewal. Uh, Melissa, tell us about a renewal. Uh, yes, yeah, so a renewal is our uh, Ranger of the North champion. Uh, she also keeps getting injured. Um, so she is um, currently weary and miserable. Um, she had a severe injury lasting five days, which, you know, at some point in our travels back, she's not injured anymore. But, uh, that does just keep happening to her. Um, she was able to, I think, get pretty good use out of her snowshoes during this uh, time that we were out and about. Um, so that was that was fun. Uh, looking forward to some uh, wintery activities. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I want to clarify something really quick about Arineal. You are not Dunedain, right? Like, I know I've asked you this like 10 times, and one day I'll remember, but you are not, you didn't actually take the blood of the Dunedain thing. Like, you don't consider yourself Correct. that. You're just, okay. All right. So you don't actually have the blood flowing through your Ranger of the North. Okay. Just checking for no reason. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, no, definitely, definitely not a new mechanic going to start coming into play for you all now, uh, considering your actions may have. May have finally, uh, may have finally drawn the attention of some of the greater evils of the world, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, 
Uh, and then finally, we got our, our newest member. We have, we have Arabon, who uh, who does, in fact, know what defensive stance is. Uh, so, yeah, Stephen, yeah. <laughs> tell us about Arabon in defensive stance. I am Arabon, uh, a child of Eru, an elf of Linden, uh, warden as well. Uh, the group found me wandering uh, the outskirts of Angmar and uh, picked me up and dragged me along with them. Uh, I have a bit of a sense of melancholy most of the time, and I did not expect our mission in Angmar to go very well. Uh, the fact that we all survived and accomplished our mission, some I'd say pretty successfully. Like we, we didn't have too many complications. A few people went down, but they were able to heal up. It was nothing life-threatening. Erebon himself did not take a wound. Uh, so he's feeling a bit more confident. Uh, his outlook on life, you know, he, he's not an optimist, but he has seen that things can go uh, the right way if you uh, work hard and uh, put your heart into it. So he's on a bit of an up note right now. So what I'm hearing is, is that I'm going easy on you and I need to make it more. Feel difficult. free to smack him down. Yeah, that's what I hear. No, I'm <laughs> back group. to his comfort zone. The whole group <laughs> as a whole. Uh, one of you should have. Well, so, someone did actually die, but Reniel killed them. So uh, a good person did die. But other than that, yeah, everyone's everyone's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Let's get started. Like I said, it's going to be a lighter session uh, as we're mostly just going to dig kind of heavily into the fellowship phase. We like to sort of flesh it out even further than what's in the book. Do little RP scenes here and there, and then we'll kind of talk about where. You know, in character, obviously, like where we might be going next, right? So, um, but I will take a note, uh, make things more difficult, and uh, try to kill somebody next time. That's what I wrote. Uh, I need a Boromir somebody. That's what's got to happen here. Got to take a Boromir. And uh, not a Gandalf where they come back. Yeah, I had temporarily forgotten about the whole like killing of the dwarf herald thing. Oh, I wasn't going to let you forget. Don't worry. remember that. Oh, never met me. that dwarf, so he wasn't too upset about it. And that's why <laughs> that's he's on the up note. That's a dwarf. Yeah. That's good. And we'll, a dwarf. Uh, we'll bounce yeah, Keith, a little Keith bit. gets it. Keith gets it. <laughs> okay, so summary. Um, through careful planning, some courage, help of allies that you have accrued, Thorvim and Thebe, your dwarven allies, Marimben, your, your ranger ally, who's certainly on the verge of like definitely on the precipice, she could go towards shadow. She could maybe be pulled back towards the light, you know, that type of thing. You're not really sure. Um, you were able to finally defeat Rotag. Rotag being a a figure we've known since the very beginning. Uh, his, his initially was, was known as just sort of a large and terrible orc that was leading a war band that was raiding the livestock of of the villages of Coombe and Bree and Archit and Staddle around the Bree lands. And that's how you all kind of came into play, uh, with the exception of Erebon, uh, as uh, one of Balin, uh, your your patron, who all of you know in some fashion. Uh, he uh, one of his one of his mutton suppliers, uh, Rosa Goodborough. She kind of asked for some help, and he sent you all, and you started doing this investigation. That's how we kind of got roped up into all these types of things. But during the course of that invest- investigation, as we were trying to figure out exactly where the warband was, what was going on. You know, you, you started to, to learn about other things, too, uh, about this potential rise of activity in this old realm of Angmar. And so you journeyed north 
Uh, you met Erebon along the way, freed him, actually, uh, as he was prisoner, taken prisoner by some of these evil kind of Rudauer hill folk. And you journeyed across, uh, actually over and through Mount Grom into the lands, at least on the very edge of Angmar. And that's where you confronted Rotag and his and his warband. You learned it. You learned at some point along the way that he was not, in fact, an orc, but was in fact a new breed of troll called an Olog High. It was a they sort of in, a new and improved troll, a little smarter and definitely uh, resistant to sun, uh, ferocious, and through that ferocity was able to to keep the warband and its various uh, various strong personalities and different tribes and factions that were within kind of keep them at bay. Uh, they were journeying, it seems like, to Mount Gundabad, which we know is like a kind of an orc stronghold, former uh, place of, of, of important dwarf lore and history, uh, but has fallen to orc, uh, orc control for some time now. Uh, but you managed to to catch them uh, through some sabotage. You slowed their passage northeasternly and doing some some recon around the area and some strategic planning, you managed to isolate Rotag away from his lieutenants, away from his his main, like the strongest attendants, his guards and things, and you were able to take him on essentially 4v1 and you defeated him. Uh, now, there was one casualty, and only one casualty, uh, a dwarf named Reagan, uh, who uh, Rotag actually had chained, uh, and there were reports of this creature, and most people just dismissed it as a goblin. Uh, because they looked sickly and dirty, and they like obviously they didn't have the appearance of a dwarf. The beard had been kind of shaved off, and you actually had evidence prior of the this group like kind of taking beards as trophies, dwarven beards as trophies. Um, but sadly, uh, he was killed. Arinio uh, didn't know any better. She took one shot as you were trying to ambush um, Rotag, and, and took out what you I thought would have been his ally, and that killed him in one swift blow. However, uh, Thorvim and Thebe uh, kind of absolved you of any wrongdoing and said it was a mercy uh, and uh, it was not something that should weigh too heavily on your conscience, whether that does or not. It's obviously up to you. Uh, you, you. You got away from there once Rotak died. Infighting, you think, began occurring through some of the larger factions in the warband. So you took this opportunity to flee back, damage having been done, head of the snake chopped off, etc., you made it back to Marimbem's hideout on the southwestern side of Mount Grom. There you found the ponies Beat and Root were still alive. Uh, however, Beat was was injured, attacked by some kind of wild animal. Uh, you managed to convince Marimbem to come with you back to the Breelands, uh, maybe to see Talondale, maybe to, to just sort of rest as winter was fast approaching. Uh, the dwarves agreed to come as well, at least uh, that far. They, as you know, are from some kind of dwarf colony down in Dunland. And that's likely where they'll eventually be headed. Uh, and so, yeah, and that's basically where we left off. Um, likely before you leave, uh, I can't remember exactly if we left off right here or if we already did like a montage thing, but likely we would probably, uh, I'd say let's begin with kind of like putting Regan to rest uh, because I did, I just double checked some research on this to make sure I got this correct, but dwarves when they're unable to like be buried within like a, a constructed tomb, it seems burning is kind of the preferred method. And so we'll say that likely before leaving uh, Marimbem's place uh, hidden up in, in like the Yetan Moors, uh, likely there's some kind of service 
Thorvim, Thievi, say some words, Floy, maybe even, uh, and you kind of set up a pyre and, and, and sort of burn. And then we see the, the group kind of moving, moving back down. Um, the journey back is not too, it's not too terrible. Uh, there's no major issues that you kind of, uh, that you kind of run into along the way. Uh, the nights are still kind of disturbing through the hills of Rudaur, the dark hills, the hidden hills of Rudaur. Is like you hear a howling of a variety of things. You hear the howls of what likely are distant wargs or wolf packs that are traveling across the land. You hear those periodic sounds of like these thunderous hooves of of horses and like of echoes of battle long past. None of it really seems to to harm you in any way other than to give you an unsettling night of sleep. Uh, you pass by more than uh, more than one silhouette of a, of a distant dark ruin somewhere on the on a hilltop or in a valley uh, of, of, the, of the Rudauer Hills. Uh, but at long last, you do come to the sort of familiar site of Weathertop on the southern edge of the Weather Hills and shortly thereafter, the Great East Road. Uh, and you begin to, to sort of march back west until you reach the, the familiar towns of Bree, Nkum, Staddle, Archet. And roughly two and a half months after the three of you, uh, not counting Erebon, left this place, you are now returning. It's been almost three months. Midwinter is on your heels. Uh, snows are beginning to flourish around. And you can already see that all around the town of, of Bree and on the green, you can see that decorations are beginning to, to go up in celebration for the six days of Yule. So before we dive into the fellowship phase, is there anything that anyone would have done like kind of on the journey back or is there anything anyone wants to do like the first thing that they do when they get back to the civilized area? Is there anything in particular? And this is before we dive into fellowship rules, any RP moments or anything like that. Uh, I don't recall if we did this last time, but um, I'm not sure if we need to persuade Erebon to come spend a bit uh, of this Yule break with us. You persuaded him to go to Bree with you, at least. Uh, he, he said that he'd travel with you to to the town, and then he, he wasn't sure what would happen after that. We'll at least get a night of drinking in maybe before you he's scared of commitment like i said but uh <laughs> he's willing to go at least to town and see what's up yeah i mean i, I would say that Arrhenial is fairly quiet during a lot of the travel back kind of in her thoughts i would say yeah that makes sense I think the first thing Gilly would do is go home. Just, just, just straight home. Where does Gilly live exactly? We've kind of danced around this a little bit. Does she live in Bree? Does she live in um, Coombe? Does she live in Staddle, where most of the hobbits are in the area? Where, where would where would Gilly Gilly call home? Um, is where is Bree in regards to Staddle? So Bree is like the bigger town and there's like a, there's a kind of a kind of a large hills and series of hills and on kind of the certain slopes and valleys that connect to like the main city, you can find some of these smaller, uh, smaller villages. So they're all within a very short walk of one another. 
Uh, some people would even call some of these villages like suburbs uh, of the larger town. But yeah. usually those that are actually living within the village take take some level of offense at that. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a close enough walk uh, that you could easily like walk over to Bree within a few hours. Yeah, because I like to think that maybe she lives like on the edge of like Staddle closer to Bree. But um, yeah. That is where probably the larger portion of hobbits uh, in this area tend to live. Uh, though there are some that linger about in other places as well. It's yeah. not, you know, okay. Uh, is it like a hobbit hole type? Is it an apartment? Do you live by yourself? Do you have a family? So her family lives there, but she actually went and she got her own home. Her own home. Um, it's one of the like... Uh, her like dad helped her like get it all set up and everything, but it's just like a little Hobbit Hill thing kind of thing. Okay. And she has her own space. Okay. So you have your own space. It's very small, probably, as you're very young and you probably can't afford too much. But like, because yeah. I don't think you're not rich, right? What's your standard of living? Like just normal, right? In the middle. Just normal, yeah. Yeah. Like so my parents probably, helped me pay for my yeah. house. It might even but, be like the equivalent of like a loft over like a garage loft near their home type of deal. I, I like to think it's like the equivalent of like, you know how houses have like the, like a little like guest house behind. Yeah. Like that's the granny. Like a, like yeah. a the granny yeah. Unit, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm on, but yeah, this makes sense. Like it was, it used to be like a, a garden shed. <laughs> they cleared yeah. It out, but, but like he cleared it out, made it a little bit nicer, added like a room to it. <laughs> Seinfeld cast as hobbits. What's with all these these hobbits all over the place? Uh, that was a terrible Seinfeld impression, but I wasn't really. That was horrible, but it's okay. Uh, Props for trying. And it's weird how Erebon just dies uh, <laughs> right then. It's just boom, heart attack, dead right in front of you. That's the same. Wow, look at that. Okay. You didn't have a strong heart. It's not hard to believe. <laughs> Yeah, we just get someone comes into Gilly's home and it's like a fairly tall, tall for a hobbit, slender with crazy hair, just like, as they come in, door slamming all over the place. Uh, okay, uh, Floyd, so you're not from Bree. You're from the Blue Mountains. We know that. You're, mm -hmm. you're in uh, the Ered Luin off to the west. Um, but you have been spending time here. Uh, what would what would you be doing when you first arrive at Bree? You've got you got Thorben and Phoebe who are kind of with you here, uh, but they're planning on going home. Uh, but what would Floyd's first thing that he does when he gets back? You know, it's been a while. I have to stop by the farms, grab myself a glass God of that fresh milk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you journey over? Do you go and talk to Rosa Goodborough, who is the one who is the friend of Balin, or do you talk to? Oh my God, what was her name? I'm looking. I'm looking up her name. The one who hates you. The one that hates us. Yeah. Meadow Oldbuck <laughs> is her name. Make sure she hasn't forgotten this. Basically. She's the goat farmer who is intent. This is my. This is my note. Hobbit sheep and goat farmer who is thoroughly unimpressed by Floy. That's what it I put in my my GM notes. Okay. Floy's always in forward. He's got to go to the person who hates him. <laughs> Okay, always <laughs> enforce this how it says. <laughs> and he just kills Metal Old Buck and takes her home. Okay. Alright. So you journey over and you purchase some goat milk, I guess, from from Metal Old Buck, who I think uh, the ship has sailed for the two of you ever being friends. Um but I'll tell you what. Roll a let's see if if at, at, at any in any point could you possibly have improved relationships from like just hatred to mild disgust 
So it's roll been like two and a half months since we all jogged around her. Uh, yeah, roll true. courtesy. Stable area. So how much you want to bet? She sees you. And she's like, God damn it! If you start running, courtesy. Oh god. Go ahead and roll courtesy. Right. I'm just curious. This is just for fun. I mean, all of it's for fun, but yeah. Am I like weary and miserable? All that. Uh, no, you can, I mean, we, you'll probably, you probably had uh, on the journey home, you probably had time to rest and it's been like a month in terms of travel time. So you, any wounds and stuff, everyone should be back up to full when it comes to endurance. You shouldn't have any conditions left. That's how long it takes. It takes a while to get back down from, it's about a month travel time, give or take. Uh, okay. She sees not. you coming up the drive, uh, like the, the kind of the gravel path that, uh, it's between her home, the Goodborough farm, where Rose is kind of waving at you politely as you see like a very light snowfall has, has recently come. Like there's adornments on some of their on some of their fences and over their windows and over their doors here and there. And like Rose Goodborough is like waving at you, kind of saying hi, and you're waving back. But as you turn the corner and you start heading towards like the old brook, the old brook farm, you see Meadow just comes out. Oh no! Absolutely not. Get out. Leave. You're not welcome here. I do not. We've had two, almost three months of absolute peace. My goats, my sheep have finally stopped being distracted by you silly, silly little man. I, I will I will have none of it. Absolutely none. I will call the Bree Wardens on you for disturbing the peace if you come two steps closer. Get out. I've been gone for months and... I'm just looking for a drink. That's how you welcome me. I will recommend to you, you can go to the Coombe in a Wattle, which is a pub in a tavern in an inn, right down that way. And if you're feeling really fancy, the Prancing Pony over in Bree itself could more than happy to provide you with a beverage or two. I, however, this is my personal home and my personal farm, and my traumatized goats and sheep from whatever you called an investigation before, and all that running and distraction. No, no, absolutely not. This is not a commercial venue. And I'll pretty much spend the entire time pestering her until she pretty much gives up. Roll for initiative. Like, no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Um, in my Gilly's parents have goats <laughs> like you could have come to right. <laughs> but you chose to bother this poor woman this poor woman this poor woman okay metal old book uh, at some point Rosa Goodborough will probably come over and smooth things out and we'll 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 just sort of convince her to give you like a flagon of like warm goat's milk just to get you to shut up and leave and that's what you get you have a warm flagon of nice. goat's milk I don't know if that's nice you have it <laughs> But there you go. Okay. Uh, you can't have too many mugs. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's Arineal's first thing when she when she gets back to Bree? What does she do? It's been two and a half, three months. You have Marin Ben with you, by the way, um, who's probably kind of most, I think she's closest with you, clearly. So she's probably shadowing you to some degree and feeling great trepidation about returning to a, to a village uh, in a city. Like, like Bree's the closest thing to a city, no less, you know? So um, so she's probably shadowing you a bit and looking very, very anxious and nervous. You've seen this woman stare down trolls and orcs without flinching, but yet as she walks through the gates of Bree and people kind of push past her 
and you can see that there's there's like a certain level of cheer that is beginning to to sort of swell up in the streets that she can you can tell she's extraordinarily uncomfortable and Arinia will you know kind of be understanding of that and say I I've become quite acquainted with and accustomed to uh, our our company of travelers uh, but I I understand be especially this time of year a lot of a lot of hullabaloo around if you'd like i could i could accompany you to talendil uh she looks around and she's terry here for too long please tell me he's not here in the streets that he's elsewhere i can't think he would much prefer the company of these people. She looks like she was about to say something worse, but she thinks better of it and she says people. Um, okay. So is that what you do, is you hunt down Talendale and everything? Yeah, yeah, I'll go okay. with her. Uh, last you saw, he was at Oswald Breaker's home in Coombe, outside, just outside of Coombe, I should say. Uh, and you know that he was recovering from his severe injuries that he suffered uh, at Fornost. Um, and so you start there, and he is still uh, recuperating, uh, though he is up and about and moving. Um, he remember he suffered a, a horrible like fracture of the leg where it looked like he might not you know walk. He had problems with his back, uh, but he's 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 there. And when you know, you kind of come up the crunchy road uh, leading up to this you know out of the way home, um, knock you know knock on the door. Oswald comes, and you can see that Talendale like through one of the windows is in the back, and he's sort of sort of doing some chores and stuff to sort of pay back the kindness that Oswald's been giving him. Um, Oswald looks at you, Irenial, quite pleased to see you. Uh, he's 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 a you know he's sort of a curmudgeonly man himself, uh, but as he just sees you and he doesn't see like anybody else, he doesn't see Floyd, he doesn't see Gilly. That oh no, is this oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. We're we're actually all, all okay. We're we're just we're taking some time. And you see, like, kind of a, a sigh kind of comes. Well, it's it's a pleasure to see you. You are, of course. I what, what the voice did I use for him? I think it was old. He was like old man voice, right? Wasn't that? Yeah. Voice? Like, you are, of course, welcome uh, in the home. Uh, and who um, are you, madam? As he turns over to Marimben at this point. Oh, well, uh, we're actually, if we could trouble you for a spot close to your fire, that would be just wonderful. It's been such a, a cold walk, uh, but I was actually, um, Talendil will be, I think, um, pleased to see. Marimbim uh, turns guest. around as you, as you like fumble with the courtesy, turns around and just walks around the house as she spots Talendil in the back, like through like a window of an open door and a bedroom. Uh, and they have like a private moment of reunion. Uh, and it's like very, like you could tell it's kind of awkward. Maybe your eyes linger for a bit, but at a certain point you hear like the, the, cl- the clearing of a throat of, of Oswald. <clears throat> Perhaps we should leave them be. They certainly have much to discuss, as do we. I want to hear everything about your, um, your adventures. Uh, I have not heard from Valen. In some months, he left to, well, to find uh, a man of great renown. 
but has not returned as of yet, perhaps after the winter. And Arrhenia will, you know, share, you know, battle scars and highlights and, you know, kind of everything that's... Okay. So the two of you, like, he kind of fills up, like, a, a heated mug of something, and you, at, you he does kind of sit you down by the fire, and you kind of recount the what happened, like, everything that happened. And meanwhile, like, outside, as the sun's coming down, and it comes out a little bit earlier this time of year, like, there's this awkward conversation as... The husband and wife of Marimbem and Talendil, who, you know, they can tell just the basic sort of body language, but the Oswald closes the shutters and it kind of fades away. And then Erebon, what's the first thing you do as you are now in a in a human slash hobbit town? Yeah, uh, a lot. <laughs> a lot like Marimben, I would have had some hesitation about like as we got closer, I would have feel felt more of a weight with every step. Um, I probably would have peeled off towards uh, Staddle along with Gilly and Floy, uh, but I would have like purposefully like uh, shortened my stride and just taking slower methodical steps to let them like get ahead uh, without appearing like I'm necessarily leaving them. Sure. And I probably would have just... Uh, started to wander the uh, paths and walkways and roads. Uh, if I saw like a hobbit coming towards me, I probably would have looked for like the first first turn I could take to go a different direction. Uh, just trying to get lost in uh, this little uh, pile of houses and hills. Yeah. I mean, you as you're like trailing Floy and Gilly, they, they even they split off at one point where Floy kind of veers towards Coombe um, and at some point, the dwarves that were coming with you, Thorvum and Phoebe, they bid farewell and they tell Floyd that they'll be staying for a day or two at the dwarf house. And and then they will probably be, you know, continue their travels. Uh, and so everyone kind of splits up. And Erebon, as you're as you're as you're following them, Floyd kind of veers off towards Coombe. Gilly kind of starts heading home. I'm sure there is some kind of communication about meeting up later at some other point. Uh, and you're able to very stealthily, without even them noticing that you just sort of split off. And yeah, like you're you're traveling these paths and roads. Uh, like you're not always on like the Great Road or the Greenway or anything like that. These are smaller uh, paths here and there. Some of them are covered in snow. Some of them have been sort of shoveled. Um, you pass by people that are, some of them are singing and being very merry. Uh, others are being a little bit more taciturn. Um, but yeah, you're able to sort of journey a bit. Um, there is also the Chetwood, which you probably kind of curve around, which is the, sort of a large, for this area, forest off to the north um, that borders some of these smaller satellite villages. Um, and you can see that like winter has come to them as well as the like there's a, just a little bit of like white frost on some of the higher up trees and things. Yeah, I, I definitely would have like ventured closer to the Chetwood just to be like a little less populated as I'm trying to steal my nerve and gain the courage to actually go into Bree. Yeah. And there's, you know, there are people here. There's like lumberjack outfits and stuff. So like you can, you're not so far deep into the Chetwood where there, you might encounter dangers. Like you can stay. Right. Right. I, I would yeah. definitely stay on the outskirts. Just sure. Wherever there's like less commotion is like where I would be naturally attracted to. Yeah. And I would, I would definitely appreciate the tranquility of like a little hobbit community and like, you know, I, I know it's snow snowed over, but like the garden areas and the fields and the things like that. Yeah. 
And there are, you know, the lingering, you know, there's lingering color here and there for, like, the annuals and things that are kind of blossoming. And, like, you can see that they, like, there's decoration that's happening here and there on homes of, like, you know, like, different boughs and reeds and things like that. Um, and stuff, and definitely there's, like, there's merriment pretty much everywhere you see. Like, there's a lot of kind of good cheer, good nature. Uh, and I think what we can do now is, let's, why don't we shift into fellowship phase? Why don't we do that? As ever, as we're home, we're back in around the Breelands now. It's a three month. Uh, it is a three month time off. So just because this is the first thing you did when you got back, doesn't mean that this is where you have to stay. So especially for like Floy and Erebon and Arineal, who don't necessarily live here, if you know conceivably you're welcome, to sort of make a journey anywhere that you can get kind of there and back, or so within like about three months, I would say. Um, so let's dig into the fellowship phase rules and we're kind of do a little bit of the mechanics and then we'll do a little bit of RPing and stuff as we'll weave it around a little bit. So um, you all have 12 skill points, 12 adventuring points from your most recent adventure phase. Plus you have an additional number of skill points equal to your wit score. And then however much you might have had left over from previous fellowship phases. Uh, and so you have those to spend. Uh, you have obviously the charts and things in terms of how you spend them. Skill points go towards skills. Uh, adventuring points goes toward go towards proficiencies, your combat proficiencies, or they go and or they go towards valor and wisdom score increase. Uh, there are limitations. Uh, you can only ever take one level uh, in a skill per uh, per adventuring phase, so you can't like move up two skills, you know, two levels of a skill rank. Same thing with combat proficiencies you can't move up like two levels of a combat proficiency in the same in the same weapon um and same with wisdom and valor you can pick either to increase valor or wisdom by one but you can't do both uh does that all make sense we know our limitations and things okay um yep. and so yeah well so we'll start there um oh the other thing you can go ahead and do this now too convert your looted treasure so all of you on your character sheets you have your treasure item that we're, we keep track of what you've been carrying. You can go ahead and convert that now, whatever you still have left, over to your actual treasure score. Uh, and if anybody moved up to a new standard of living, that does mean you actually do increase the number of useful items you can maintain and carry around. So that does actually have an effect. Um, and so, yeah, let's start with perform updates. All right, so perform updates is sort of training and growth and all that kind of stuff. So uh, what we like to do is as you describe the skills, proficiencies, or valor, wisdom rewards, describe like sort of like Rocky IV montage style. Um, like what is it you're doing during this downtime, during this fellowship phase that helps to sort of develop this skill or use like flashback to the previous adventuring phase to describe how something from the adventuring phase kind of led to the development of this skill or proficiency. So uh, who would like to go first? Who's ready? Yes. Okay, Floyd it is. Yeah. We'll start with Floyd. Okay. Uh, for this development phase, I believe Floyd will head back to the mountains, if that's okay. Yes, Blue Mountains, yeah. So the Arid Luin off to the west. Um, we'll say uh, likely there's there's certain merchant caravans and stuff. There's a dwarf house here specifically in Bree uh, that kind of serves 
in sort of like a, um, I, I think of it like an ambassadorial type house where any sort of traveling dwarves might stay. Um, and likely you've already seen one, you know, group of merchants. They were, you know, coming from Dale that had a dwarf, in, a dwarf from Erebor kind of come through. So same sort of thing, except this time it's going the opposite direction. And so maybe you can like, you know, hop onto a wagon of a merchant caravan and that's heading off to the Eredluin and that kind of maybe passing through you know, through the Shire even, uh, and traveling back, back home. Sure. And remind me skill points or what does it cost for valor increase? Is it skill or adventure? It's adventuring points go towards valor increase. Okay. So I think that's what I'm going to do. Okay. Uh, I want to increase that to get the effect of the medial coat. Okay. I figured you'd be doing something like yeah. this. All right, so uh, your mithril coat, which uh, you you all found. Do you all remember where you found that? Yes. Is that in the marsh? Yeah, that with was... the endless, or uh, what's it called? Unnamed. Yeah. The nameless thing. Nameless thing. Okay. So, so the, ba- the way that famous armor and weapons work in game is that they have a certain number of effects on them. Uh, one to three is the number. And you can't, you, you basically get the first one right off the bat. And you did with Mithra armor, which means that it's a, it's a much lighter armor. So it still has the same protection scores, but it's much, the load is much lower. So it's not as heavy on you. You've, um, yeah, I mean, you've noticed from using it for quite some time and probably making slight adjustments here and there as you've been wearing it for a couple of months now. Um, you realize that with a, a couple slight adjustments of sort of straps and some some of the, the sort of the chain loops tightening here and there, you realize that it also has taken on an effect of ancient close fitting, uh, which is when you make a protection roll while wearing a piece of armor or helm with this quality, you add three to the result or a bonus equal to your valor rating, whichever is higher. So whenever you make a roll for injury, you get a bonus of three or more if your valor's higher uh, by wearing this. Uh, if you look now in the, I'm gonna delete the old one. If you look in the Marvelous Artifact folder, I will go ahead and take the updated one right now. You can drag it onto your sheet. Okay. Nice. So maybe because you've been on a on a wagon this time, maybe there, there are other dwarves that are on this wagon with you and they, they're admiring the the make of this um they make some slight adjustments and they kind of give you some tips floy i'm sure you have some level of understanding of crafts crafts but it's not necessarily your your focus in life uh but some of these people who are more you know economists uh, merchants they make things they you know they trade etc uh maybe can give you some tips on how and and they get us you get a significant number of compliments about the quality but also you notice that they that they were a little bit trepidatious about letting you into their caravan. Um, and more than more than one of like the three or four of them that are in this group kind of stared at you with um, the same kind of strange looks that you've been getting from some of the other people that you've encountered, like Mare and Bend and whatnot. Like, and there's a little bit of concern. Um, but ultimately, like the, you know, the bond of kin, uh, they're willing to do so. And there's there's more than one discussion on the journey through the Shire and the journey up the the Eretluin, uh to your halls of how 
something seems odd uh, about the armor itself. Um, normally, Mithril has this glittering, luminescent quality to it. But your armor seems to be less interested in, like, the light and more interested in the shadow. It seems to sort of enhance the shadows more than it enhances the light. It's not necessarily magical unto itself, but there's something about it. Almost like, you're not sure if there's a coating or a grime on it or particularly what reason. Um, but between those two things, maybe it dawns on you in the back of your mind. Is there, is there something to this coat that, that might be contributing to some of the negative experiences that you've had of late. Okay, okay. Right? Uh, okay, what? Well, yeah, go ahead. Also, is common proficiency you use skill points or is it adventure points as well? Venturing points. Venturing, yeah, okay. skill points are literally just skills. I see, uh, okay. Everything else is adventuring points. Okay, uh, we'll we'll come back and we'll figure out what you're gonna do later. Let's go to the next person. Gilly, why don't you give us one that you were doing too? So Gilly uh, increased her awareness. So now instead of having a two in it, I have a three. Um, and in order to do so, her mom really enjoys painting. Um, her mom's name is Pim Rose, but she goes by Pim. And um, so they decided to spend some time bonding together to uh, like doing like life painting. So they'll go outside and just observe nature and paint what they see. You say uh, Pimrose and her name is Pim, is that correct? Her nickname, yeah, Pim. Okay. And All her right. maiden name was Gardner, so. Okay, um, sure. And most of the, you know, most of the landscape is sort of, it's a little drearier in some ways because of the winter, the days get darker, quicker. Um, but even still, you're not in the mountains of, of Angmar. There mm -hmm. is color uh, for the past two and a half months as you travel through first root hour, which everything kind of had a darker quality to it. The sun just never quite seemed to shine fully. And Angmar mm -hmm. it was even worse, where it just seemed like a constant overcast of shadow. You, even more than your mother, who maybe, you know, remarks like almost negatively about the winter landscape, you can actually see the colors in a way like it's so much easier for you mm -hmm. to see them now like after the experiences that you've had for the last couple of months there's still beauty in this and it's not like she's she's just doing that kind of mild sort of light complain moment there yeah but like her favorite painting that gilly winds up making is of her parents home because when she did come home she didn't go straight to her apartment she actually went to her parents house and and that's where she's been staying she hasn't even really gone to her own apartment okay all right, and so uh, what did what skill did you increase? Uh, awareness. Awareness. Okay, perfect. Yep. Arenio, um, uh, what do you do? Okay, so I've got a couple different things. Uh, so one of the kind of primary concerns for Arenio um, has to do with the shadow scars, um, because so one of the um, kind of cultural pieces with rangers um, is the um, for all rangers, it's the allegiance of the Dunedain. And okay. so what that means is in all fellowship phases where everyone else gets hope points back equal to their heart score, rangers only get back hope points equal to half their heart score. And so uh, that's a slow... Uh, oh, wait, are you doing an undertaking right now? Or is that what you're talking about? 
are you we're, we're on we're on the growth part like to skill points awareness that kind of adventuring, uh, points. adventuring points okay all right all right go ahead sorry go ahead yeah so it's a spend of adventuring points uh so basically because the hope um refresh goes so slow um already having those two uh shadow scars is problematic um so what she is going to do is it's five adventuring points to remove a shadow scar so she's going to spend 10 adventuring points to remove both current shadow scars and so this but this a, this is a fellowship undertaking right yes it's you're doing heal scars oh yeah, yeah we're doing it's yeah we're doing the points so, okay yeah, that's fine okay. that's fine got it no that's fine no, I mean it's it's okay. I just want to make sure that I wasn't losing my mind. But yeah, you're taking no, the heal yeah, scars right, fuel. And that's how I'm spending the adventuring points. Can you do two? It, says, just... chooses, it just says choose this undertaking to focus on mending your spiritual injuries. Uh spend five adventuring points and remove one shadow. I I read that as you can that's all you can do and not you spend you know, spend a number of you know, I think it's not, it doesn't look like it scales. It's like I think it might just be one at a time. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, that's how I took it. Okay. Okay. I'm happy to hear arguments otherwise. Just that's that's yeah. how I read it. Okay. Um Okay, I'm trying to do I still don't think I could do anything else. Okay, that's fine. Um So the way that uh kind of men and elves tend to do that is storytelling. Um so kind of spending time uh, reciting poetry, telling stories, and, and those types of things. So, Arineal is going to um, find her uh, fellow ranger um, acquaintance, uh, Taranath. And so she's going to, you know, kind of leave Talendale and Marimbem and Oswald um, and go um, kind of up into. Um, kind of over towards kind of the Shire area and the kind of north a bit um, and kind of find the areas that... Okay. Um, so you head west, like to Brandywine Bridge and everything in that direction? Yeah, yeah. and find okay. uh, Terraneth. All right, so maybe maybe like sort of the northern parts of the old forest just off the Great East Road or something like that where it's not too... Um... Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I see what you're... Uh, yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. Uh, not quite f across the Brandywine itself, uh, but close enough to it. Uh, sure. Uh, and so what do you, so so where would you say she makes her, like it's it's winter time, where would you say your friend, It's is it a she? I think we talked about this before. It's yeah. A, yeah. yeah. Um, where would you, where would we say that Taraneth kind of takes her winter? Like where does she like hold up in safety for the winter? Uh, so if we can say that there's some type of kind of ruin or something that she of course plenty of ruins <laughs> across Arnor. Yeah. uh sure yeah so they're likely sort of again in that the northern parts of the old forest not too deep uh, as things can get particularly peculiar once you do so and not quite fully into the shire itself uh mm -hmm. likely your friend then probably has decent dealings with some of her um some of her friends um, you, uh, yeah, you find her, she's taken up residence within a modest ruin of what looks like some kind of old tower, uh, kind of just on the edge of the, not quite as the Barrow Downs kind of give that, that Eastern border on the old forest. 
Um, not quite all the way up into those those hills, but near enough that she kind of has a decent view of the surroundings around, uh, and you're able to sort of meet up. You find her. She's probably has a has already hunted and dried some meats and has set up shop for at least a few weeks or a month or so of time if it gets cold. Um, and what do you talk to? What do you talk to her about? What kind of stories do you tell? So. I, I do, you know, she's a fellow ranger, so I do, you know, kind of fill her in. I want to make sure she's kind of aware of what what's happened um, and sort of kind of just unloading on, you know, kind of just everything that's happened and, you know, kind of how this fits into the context. So I would imagine, you know, maybe she's a little bit older, has a little bit kind of more of the broader historical perspective on, you know, kind of all of these things that, that go on. and. Mm-hmm. This wasn't your elvish friend, was it? I know you had mentioned at some point having an elvish friend. Is this uh, no, Terana? This is ranger okay. friend. Okay. Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. I mean, she'll. I mean, she's. Is, would you say she's like as old as as, as like Marimbem, which is probably like in her forties or so, or would you say that she's just a little bit north of of you in terms of age? I would she, say like, just a little like, bit north. So just like me. like older like older sibling kind of thing as opposed yeah, to like yeah exactly just a little bit older um, she definitely always uh, kind of hunkers down with plenty of uh, alcohol so she is <laughs> okay. kind of a fun person to hang out with in uh, small doses so yes the two of you uh, find a tower overlooking the old forest uh, west of the Barrow Downs. And during some of the heavier snows of midwinter, uh, you drink yourselves and keep yourselves warm telling stories of, of your time up in Angmar. And she'll tell you stories of her time shifting around the Barrow Downs and the South Downs and things that she has seen as well. Uh, all right, let's move over to Erebon. Steven, what, uh, what's, what are some, what's a skill point purchase or a venture point purchase that uh, Erebon yeah. took? Um, only one uh, skill point upgrade. Uh, I am boosting my explore, and uh, Erebon is a uh, he wouldn't stay more than a day or two in Bree. Uh, just the staying in a tavern just doesn't feel natural to him uh, anymore. That civilization. Uh, so he would uh, begin to wander uh, westward as well. It seems like that's where we're all going. Uh, but he wouldn't want to follow the road. He would want to take a circuitous path uh, around. He, these are lands that he's traveled before, but it's been a long time. So he constantly has a feeling of like deja vu. Like he's meeting the child of a good friend where there's a lot of similarities, but it's not the same. Uh, there are different hills. The river curves differently than it used to. Uh, different constructions have been made. The forest has different borders, but it's all in the same spot. The forest is the same forest. The river is the same river. Uh, and it, it, it's disconcerting in a way. And he's doing his best to refamiliarize himself with the territory, relearn the territory. And he would continue uh, all the way to the uh, westernmost part of the Shire where he can... Uh, climb a hill uh, near the White Downs and see the Tower Hills. And to him, that represents the border of Linden, you know, uh, like the, the reaches of the elves. And he would spend a day or two on those hills looking at the Tower Hills 
and he would not go any further before heading back east yeah. again. And maybe the, some of the other things you see along the way that might also be disturbing is that ruins that you likely were familiar with are no more. Uh, you can see what looks like the scars of the earth where you know groups of men, most likely men, uh, unlikely to be hobbits, but most likely men have come and kind of taken some of the stone of old buildings, fortresses, towers, what have you, and are kind of bringing it back in some ways to like the Bree lands to repurpose it, um, which is not an uncommon thing either. It's yeah, same. Not, yeah, fences for a farm that used to be a ruin that I I knew intimately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to feel very very odd for sure. Uh, okay. Um, cycle back around. Does anyone did anyone do any more skill and adventuring point purchases? I did. Okay, let's hear it, Gilly. So Gilly also got another point in healing. So her parents, because she's been staying in her, she's really missed her family the entire time that we were out and about. So instead of being in her apartment, she's been staying in like her childhood home. And she kind of has let the rest of the group know if anybody needs a place to stay, they can stay in her place. Um, so, like, that's up for grabs if any of you need it. But um, her mom ha- saw her scars on her hands and then her other her two shadow scars. And upon seeing that, kind of freaked her out. So she in- introduced her to, like, a healer that she knows and insisted that I take up, like, a brief apprenticeship with him. Uh, and his name is Lo, uh, Lo Oldbuck. Lou, low, and uh, yeah, he's he's a gruff, gruff old guy. You know who it is? It is who? Meadow. It's Meadow Oldbuck's husband, the very Meadow oh. Oldbuck who cannot stand Floyd. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's who it is. Uh, it all comes full circle. <laughs> and yeah, like when you take some of these, uh, when you kind of go over most of what you're doing, like as part of this apprenticeship is tending to their animals uh going yeah. about and you know making sure they're you know like they're 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 like a couple of them might be sick or they might have uh, a broken leg or a broken bone where you're helping to mend things like that and when metal old buck sees you she's she just she shake out oh, now oh goodness hello what this is one of those this is one of the reasons while little shelly over there has that scar because when she was moving about why this one and her dwarven friend were running around who runs when you're not being chased by something and then he was just gallivanting around and then the Porsche tried to hop on top of the fence and climb up but fell nearly broke a leg and scoffed that horrible scar and now you're helping her well I'm really sorry Miss Oldbuck I'm 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 here to help, uh, and and I hope I hope you can take my apology. Uh, roll a courtesy. Okay. <laughs> I really I really like. There's a couple characters I really like. One of them is Metal Old Book. Failure! God damn it! Oh. You can take your apology, and you can shove it. I've had enough. I've had enough. If it happened one time, maybe. Two times, perhaps I could be convinced. But your friend, not two days past, came up to me home and then uh-huh. tried 
to just demand as if we're some sort of tavern milk milk like we have it around ready for purchase and he wouldn't leave to the point where if I weren't home alone I would have I would have chased uh, chased down a Bree warden and had him taken away and if it wasn't for old Rosa next door well I'll tell you something mm-hmm. I don't care how strong your dwarven friend was I would have punched him something fierce right in the noggin that's what I would have done. I'm really sorry about that. I don't know why he... I told him I have goats. My parents have their own goats. So sorry. I am... If anything happens to any of my animals, I will return that damage unto you tenfold. Do you hear me, young lady? Understood. I'm here. I'm hoping you can see... Through my hard work and dedication to helping your animals, just how sorry I am. Hmm. We'll see. And there'll about be no that. running. From no me. running. No running from me. You got it. It's too slippery for these poor creatures. They might slip and fall and break something, and then someone else is gonna break something, aren't they? And she kinda gives you like a really dark look when she says that. And then she turns yeah. around and walks back inside. Meanwhile, her husband, who has just been like super quiet, head down, knows better. He kind of looks up and he's like, "Yeah, don't, uh, don't worry about her. She's um, honestly, I think she might be crazy. Your friend is very strange, though. He he really, he really has some sort of preoccupation with our with place. Yeah, he really really likes milk. And once he right. learns of one place, he just doesn't really want to go anywhere else. So I do apologize. Uh, I would... It might be best for all of us if if you had a talk with him and maybe... Yes. Yeah. The next he can I, get his goat milk elsewhere. I'm moving that to the top of my priority list. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. Uh, well, this one needs a teeth cleaning. So, and then like you kind of get to sort of yeah. gum disease and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right. Who else has more skill in adventuring point purchases uh, that they made? So, Reniel, um while um, kind of wrapping up her time with uh, Taranath, because mm-hmm. uh, we were, you know, kind of telling stories and doing all of that. Um, so she's going to sort of point out how kind of Reniel was you know, kind of talking about like all of the like um, impressive things that kind of the other members of the fellowship were doing. Um, And so she is, you know, going to, you know, kind of give some pointers in uh, storytelling and song of like how to um, kind of make, kind of get a renewal kind of in a path where she can start to tell some good stories to go along with like all of the adventures that we're having. Um, and so basically she's increasing her song from zero to one. Okay. By like, by kind of crafting your own, is that kind of what's it, it, happening? Yeah, exactly. So like, you know, when you wanna, I was telling her, you want to give us a little bit of what that sounds no, like? No, okay. not at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think if she's not willing to share it with us, how do we know it really happened? So I don't know if you can take that skill point. I just, it's just I feel wrong. Uh, okay. All right. It's always good um, to get new hobbies, Arenial. Good on you. Yeah. Okay. 
Sure. No, I think that sounds fine. Uh, and so maybe there's random travelers, maybe even Erebon at some point too, who pass by like this old forest, this ruin of a, of a kind of a watchtower here. And they're nothing fairly modest and, you know, wafting down from the hills. There's just the sound of two voices uh, just singing, you know, about new adventures and old, you know, sadness, but also triumph. Uh, and uh, and a couple travelers just happen to hear it. Maybe they mistake it for, you know, the gust of a wind through the old forest trees. Maybe a few of them tell their children that are in the backs of wagons that it might be, you know, ghosts or something. So don't stray, you know, don't stray far from the wagon. And, and some of them may be just interpretive as what it is. You know, it's probably just two people nearby. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice moment, and it probably, uh, it probably adds to the majesty of the area in some way. It's a, it's also the very early attempts where like everything rhymes, like every line rhymes. So it's kind of that early attempts where like mm -hmm. it's not particularly complex. Okay. Okay. Any Floyd or Erebon? Any yeah. more skill points? Floyd, if you got to go ahead. Yeah, just a quick and Harton going up to one. Okay. Uh, if you go back to Metal Old Book, I'm telling you, she's gonna kill you. Oh, uh, I think we're <laughs> staying here in the mountains for. He's trained in Harton Meadow. Yeah, so There's, you are. Uh, you, you make it home, right? You make it home. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think there's. You said there was like a festival or something that dwarves celebrate. So maybe. Right. So, uh, yeah, Durin's Day, uh, which is basically New Year's uh, for dwarves, and it and it's roughly around the same time. It's close enough to Yule that it's sort of it's a decent overlap. Not that dwarves ever really need an excuse to celebrate, but. Um, but yeah, it would, it's 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 like a, it's like the celebration of a new year, right? Uh, Durin is like, you know, the the, the forefather of your people. Yeah, so in celebrating Durin's Day, pretty much just getting rowdy, drinking with the dwarves, just buttering them up and hardening them. Okay, uh, fair enough. Do you have a dwarven? Um, do you have a dwarven friend? Yes, I do. Okay, would you uh, care to share a name uh, of this dwarven friend with us? Oh, a name, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hard. Middle, middle Earth names. What are dwarven names? How XP is your... Yeah. Dwarven names are like the easiest ones, though. Yeah, like, I, I agree. I think they're pretty easy. They're one or two syllables all the time. <laughs> pretty his simple. Name's e his name's Eloy, then. Eloy? Floy and Eloy. Floy. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty All good. Right. That's good. I like it. Okay, Floyd and Eloy, Dwarven friend. What does your Dwarven friend do? He's a craftsman. That's where I learned my craftsman. Really? Okay. Uh, so like a, a smith, a stone cutter, you know, stone cutter, mason. Like, what are we, what are we thinking? Oh, let's make him a smith. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Uh, all right. So you're. So, so what is like? How is the how's the inheritance coming into play here? Uh, let's see, inheritance. What is that skill exactly again? Uh, I think of inheritance as like um, the idea of. I mean, it's just I'm reducing it here, but the idea of like cheering people up. Like giving people a, a, like a positive, uplifting, inspiring. Okay, inspiring. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he's 
been uninspired recently. His craftsmanship has been dull. And I'll pretty much just butter him up, like give him some ideas. Maybe all this new treasure I've seen, maybe I'll yeah. show him it. He'll get like inspired by it. And when you show him your new mithril, he is almost speechless. Uh, especially if you, you've let him kind of tinker with it a little bit here and there and he can he 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 is sort of amazed by it like he is specifically a smith so he is well studied in various techniques and he is able to tell you that this thing is of of, of dwarven craftsmanship undoubtedly but specifically it's very very old very very old he references Beleriand. He talks about like the old sort of dwarven colonies of like Nograd and Belagost, and not quite sure exactly which one this might have come from. But this has that like literally an age or more. Like it's it's extraordinary in its craftsmanship. Does mention again how it seems to itself like it, it has all of the structural you know, underpinnings that you would expect of Mithril. Like, it's... It's... Whoever pieced this together was clearly an expert... an expert smith. Uh, otherwise, I would never have been able to kind of craft with Mithril to begin with. But it seems to be carrying with it... Like, there's something else to it. Like, there's a darkness that just sort of seems almost smelted into... Uh, and he's kind of perplexed about how that might... Um, might might have found its way in there perhaps the smith itself was you know under some curse or perhaps the item itself was used in a way that kind of carries like the evil deed of maybe a former wear or something like that uh, is sort of what he starts throwing about um and if you share with him this the idea of like people having these premonitions and he didn't have those by the way but he also knows you fairly well like he seems to almost be convinced that this is some kind of cursed item in some way still maintains its effectiveness but there's something about it uh, that uh, is very off-putting very strange trying to see if there's anything else I have for you I don't really have anything else for that piece right now okay Um, okay Uh, so uh, Erebon yeah, so uh, after I would have spent some time uh, in the Western Shire, I would have continued east to uh, Brandywine Bridge, and there I would have made an immediate north to head up to uh, Fornost. Uh, not actually to the city, but to the plains to the west of it where the battle happened. Uh, and that's a place where Erebon is still intimately familiar with. He spent a lot of time there, many, many years living in that area. Uh, and he would have basically gone back to his comfort zone in a way uh and while he was there now uh he would be plagued by something that he's been plagued by before just very very bad dreams in the area and these aren't necessarily prophetic dreams but these are dreams that his anxiety and stress have conjured up where he dreams of the battle happening of uh, fellow elves dying uh, specifically his very close friend Balavan he sees him dying constantly every single night um, 
And these dreams always happen to Erebon when he's in this area. Uh, that stress and tension just wears on him. But he can't seem to bring himself to leave the area either. Uh, he, in a way, he he finds some solace in the burden. But this time, he has gained some wisdom. And he's going back to some old elvish methods of uh, staying awake. And you engage in simple repetitive tasks like singing songs to yourself uh repeating some lore uh or even just basic crafting and mending uh things like you know keeping camp going uh and you find a sort of elvish meditation while doing that and he's able to avoid the dreams in this way okay. uh, so now he has the feature uh, elvish dreams Oh, fantastic. That's fantastic. And what's interesting is that, like, the dreams, as you're up here, like, the dreams are probably, as you're kind of working through this this sort of mental defense, this meditation art, like, you're you're also getting other images that are sort of, to, that are, or maybe you've seen them before, maybe they haven't been as rich before, maybe they've sort of been beyond a, a certain veil um, and now maybe there, some of them are crisper or certain things are being focused on more images of the, of like the, the fighting itself, images of a figure on a, on a horse and a dark, you know, and kind of dark armor, uh, uh, images of some kind of kind of tribe or clan of like barbarian type warriors and a woman leading them and like things are kind of weaving together maybe other people in your in your party that you've been working with have mentioned this and maybe that's what's kind of impacting it or not but like and my time starting, being captured by the hill folk as well right and you're starting to get the you're saying maybe they've always been there and you're just now aware of these details or maybe that's just what's in the back of your mind but you're like some of these dreams or visions or experiences you're having you're here are are crisper now because of the experiences that you've had over these past months. Got okay. it. Got it. Perfect. Uh, anybody else have more skill point adventure point moments to narrate here? Uh, I have an adventure point. Okay. Let's hear um, it. So Gilly starts to uh, bond with her dad um, by helping him kind of like process the tobacco that he has. Do we have um, Gilly's dad's name? I'm sorry. Uh, Tolman. Okay. And um, he, because he's always been a smoker. And like, that's why at that one point, Gilly was kind of able to identify that that um, other product was a tobacco of mm -hmm. some kind, but it was from the Hill Folk. Um, so she mentions that to her dad and that just kind of gets them talking about it. So then he starts just going on about teaching her everything that he can. And from teaching leads on to smoking so gilly winds up getting her own pipe that her dad helps her craft and um she has taken up the art of smoking okay cultural virtue yep okay i like how one of ashley's little downtime activities is to get high with her dad like that's great yeah yeah, yeah. that's fantastic <laughs> okay and it's like, so very hobbit you yeah, know, it's, it's very, very healthy. Yeah. And I think it shows how young she is that the fact that, like, her free time she spends hanging out with her parents and, mm -hmm. like, her friends in the shire. What a nerd. Are, you know? Yeah. I'm getting high with my old gaffer. <laughs> She's getting yeah. high. 
<laughs> Your dad's probably like, it's like, uh, I'm so glad that we can do this. We've been hiding this from you. Your mother and I have been getting high for ages. <laughs> and finally, we were worried. We thought you were going to be judgmental about it. But it's nice to see that a, a bit of travel in the world has, you know, gotten you to see the light. It really takes the edge off. Um, it calms you down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your, is like, does your pipe look special at all? Is there any kind of specific things you do to it? Yeah, it's totally perfectly legal in Brie. It's fine. Like, you don't gotta. Totally legal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, I've called prescription. Uh, her nickname, like, uh, uh, no. No. Or just like in general, like, because <laughs> like, her uncle made her her lantern and it's shaped like an acorn. So that was kind of just like a nature theme carved into it. Okay. Very nice. I like it. This is fun. Uh, okay. Uh, any? So you've spent some time with your mother. You've spent some time with your father. This is great. Uh, what? Uh, anybody else? More skill point and adventuring points to sort of narrate what happens. Uh, yeah. So Arenial, uh goes very much in the opposite direction from Gilly. Um, you so give up Arenial, smoking? Yeah. <laughs> uh, had spent some time with her friend um, and that has, you know, friend that's good in small doses that has run its course. Um, so she is going to spend some solo ranger time. Um, and so she is wanting to really keep an eye out on kind of being aware of her surroundings. Um, so scan is kind of the skill that she's going to be improving um, but she's definitely going to just be out um, listening, watching all of those uh, all of those things, working on scan's skill alone while chat there's, says that I'm into hardcore narcotics Yeah, there's great stuff <laughs> happening in the Twitch chat right now Arrhenio's <laughs> moved into hardcore narcotics because Pipeweed just doesn't do it for her anymore okay okay uh, is there so so? Is there like a specific area where this is happening? Like, did you, do you start working your way back to Bree? Uh, do you like? Is is there like you say you're doing alone time? But is there like some particular place like where you would kind of hold? Is there a special place that Renewal goes to be by herself, basically? Um, no, and I actually think she might go somewhere that she hasn't been before. Okay, to really kind of hone that like awareness of surroundings so like what's different what's new um so kind of not relying on like i know this area and i can kind of um turn off all the senses but specifically so maybe she might go a little bit more kind of south okay out of the old forest just to be kind of somewhere that's just different for her okay yeah um i mean the barrow downs are kind of an interesting place uh certainly you could kind of skirt along the edges of the hills and find more than you know these these old kind of um, kind of tombs of of you know kings or or former um, former folk of Arnor and everything. Argaleb's Argaleb's helm maybe kind of guiding you without realizing it in some fashion. Uh, you can kind of you know you can almost sort of feel like the presence of them in some way, or like there's a level of reverence maybe, and maybe it's just the focus that you're doing, what you've been through, what you've recovered, what you've learned, something like that. Um, maybe it's just a maturation state for Reniel too. Uh, the idea of starting to understand the great weight that 
you know you have now and seeing things that, that weren't there before like your eyes are becoming like they're an older more experienced person's eyes who now sees things more for what they are than you know so quick to just move past and find the next thing something like that and i think some of this would also have come out of um you know sort of that self-blame of like maybe if Maybe if her awareness was better, maybe if her scan was better, maybe she would have noticed that it would, would have been a dwarf and maybe she could have saved him. And so like, she's still kind of very much that weighs heavy on her. Um, and so kind of really kind of wanting to improve those skills that maybe, you know, such a mistake wouldn't happen again in the future. Okay. Wonderful. Um, does, and the, and like, does like the, the death of Reagan is like kind of lingering maybe a little bit, the idea? Yeah, because I, I think um, the time with uh, her friend was more of the like kind of bragging stage of like, you know, all the things mm. that we did and, you know, the cool kills that we got and, and all of that. And, you know, kind of once that like the drinking and, you know, kind of that camaraderie like passed and she was alone again, then it was kind of going back into that, like, you know, always needing to do better and be better and. Yeah. You know, this doesn't count for anything to kind of defeat these kind of negative forces that are out there. If there's, you know, kind of collateral damage along the way, that's, that's not acceptable. Sure. Um, okay. Anybody else have more skill point adventuring points to narrate? Yeah, I think I've okay. got one more. You got one more. All right, let's do it. Uh, it's, it's been a while since I got a haircut or like looked clean at all. So going a little awe mode get the beard trimmed cleaned up actually look like i'm prosperous not just yeah. some ragged person i mean you return with some level of prestige and richness as you're coming back with treasure and so you're you're able to just sort of throw some things about and get okay are we having like a makeover montage like you're coming out of the I dressing room so. with you know different types yeah, of myths roll your on. friend and your friend, your friend Eloy, or is there and just like mm, kind of shaking their head a little bit as like you're standing around showing the new tunic, you know, showing the new hairstyle, and then another shake, and there's like ten more shakes, and then finally <laughs> nodding the head up and down to realize That's this the is one. the new look. This is the new look of Floyd. So what <laughs> does the what is the new look of Floyd? What does Floyd look like when this is all said and done? Yeah, so his beard's a bit shorter, but he's gotten braids for every like beast he's slain. So oh, wow. there's a story behind each braid. Nice. Oh, I love that. Nice. I love that. Okay. And so some of the stories are probably ones that we've seen, like, you know, Rotag and various others. Um, um, but some are maybe others that happened leading up to our adventure, right? Before mm -hmm. we actually see these characters get on stage. That's great. Long. I like that story behind each braid. Okay. Um, oh, God. Fantastic. He's encroaching upon the Brad Pitt of dwarves. Watch he, out. I would think Floyd, having been in the wild for so long, gruff and gross and blah, blah, you know, takes a bath, hairs combed, <laughs> trimmed, beard, beautiful braids, maybe some adornments here and there. Do you have like a Witcher moment where you're just in like a big bath? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's totally it. Yeah. And he's just like tipping people so other people scrub them or something and wash his hair and everything. <laughs> And he comes out it's like looking DiCaprio from The Revenant going to DiCaprio in Inception. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is what just happened. Uh, so when, yeah, I think when, I think when Floyd emerges, he he looks like almost a whole different person uh, at this point. A level of uh, someone who, when you walk 
you know, when they walk down the, the street or the hall, like you turn to look at them, not because what was that smell, but more of a, well, who was that man who walked past? Okay. <laughs> it's really interesting how other people are doing these moments of introspection, like Evreniel and Erebon really kind of thinking about this. <laughs> Gilly's spending time with her family. Floyd's like, screw that. Give me a haircut. <laughs> it's so good. Gotta have some balance, you know? I, I love it. I think a little bit of He's a treasure hunter. It's perfect. Yeah, it's I love great. it. I think it's wonderful. Uh, okay, any other uh, growth moments here for skill points and adventuring points? We need to commission Floyd in the bath. <laughs> Are you guys enjoying this? Are you? I enjoy yes. this. Like oh, hearing yeah. you guys no, describe it's this. It's great. It's great. I, I think it. it's great. Okay. Uh, all right. So then, as we are continuing through our uh, our fellowship phase, uh, so we've done our reform updates. Let's go into spiritual recovery. Uh, so. Because this is a Yule phase, all of you gain all of your hope back, with the exception of Arrhenial. I, uh, Melissa, I still think, I think because it's Yule, recover half your hope. Or the three you normally get, whichever is higher. I just think it's, like, I like setting, I like setting Yule aside as something special and... So even though I know you get a re reduced rate, we'll make it half of your hope. Thank you. That gives me six instead of three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then uh, one of the other things about that spiritual recovery, if the adventuring phase was a positive outcome in the fight against the encroaching shadow, you get to remove some shadow points and it's anywhere between one to three. And it's up to the lore master, uh, dependent upon how noteworthy their accomplishments were. Thus far, you guys have gotten one because your accomplishments were. Mm, you took out a leader of a of a of a, of a growing threat, a war band. Go ahead and remove two shadow points. Ooh. But Jeff, I only had one shadow point. Go ahead and take an extra shadow point for hanging around Fornost, and now remove it. There you go. <laughs> Arrhenio had cashed all hers in for scars, so she doesn't have any. Okay. Well, hey, you know. Scars are fun, You needed too. to in that last fight, though. You oh, did. I totally had to, for sure. <laughs> that last fight was balancing on a nice edge. I'm serious. Like, if, really if Rotag got another round, I felt mm -hmm. really good about it. I still had some some hate, hate left. I think I could have taken somebody out. And if two of you go down, then I... Oh, man. We're past it, though. Uh, okay, so that's spiritual recovery. Let's move on to undertakings. So it's it's Yule, which means each of you, this is different than normal fellowship phase. Each of you gets to choose your own. So everyone has their own fellowship undertaking. And then as as the fellowship starts to come back together, um, then you all will choose another one. So why don't we do this to the individual ones? Does anyone know for certain what they're doing? I sort of skipped ahead and did mine. Yeah, so you you did your heel scars Yule phase uh so, and that you spent your five adventuring points to remove one shadow scar. So like shadow yeah. scars, like I like the idea of tying like the physical scar to like the, the memory of it. Right. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's not just a physical, physical scar, but that thing might, you know, trigger a memory of it. And the, but the scar runs deeper. It's like as much spiritual and mental as it is physical. Right. So it's nice to kind of spend that time kind of identifying like those those moments like what happened and like you can kind of look at those almost like the scene from jaws like identifying like where these scars histories are coming from um okay uh who else then knows their undertaking we've got a renewals yeah so 
I can do the visiting the treasury undertaking. You absolutely can. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that sounds fancy. I'm going to try okay. to do that and drop off my cunning coat of mail. So we know you've got a friend named Eloy who's a smith. Is there somebody of, like, within your part of the clan, uh, within the halls of the dwarves of the Ered Luin, is there somebody there who is sort of like a, a clan elder uh, like something people would like, like we like, like in the way that um, people look up to Balin, for instance. Is there is there somebody of that stature uh, to you and, and and those within that like small family slash clan of dwarves? From yeah, where of you're, you're okay. Uh, uh, what is their name? His name, yes. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna ask this. Yeah, I know. Okay, I was thinking something like Jetty. Okay. Jetty. Like TT or DD or DD. Okay. <laughs> Did you just name someone Jedi? Did <laughs> I? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Tell us about God dang it. Tell us about Jetty. Oh gosh. Oh yes, he's one of the older doors. He's been looking over pretty much like artifacts to the treasury for a while now and he's most knowledgeable about it mm -hmm. he's got a bunch of gray hairs long beard what are some of the other uh notable like artifacts that like that he kind of keeps watch over or they keep on display within some kind of ceremonial hall or anything like that yeah there's a great sword oh. that's it's pretty special because it's known that dwarves aren't really like keen on using these giant swords, but this one has been wielded way back somehow. Okay, so there's a great sword that was wielded by a dwarf of some renown. I like that. Okay, keep going. What's another one? Another one. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> now imagine having to do that all the time, and now you know <laughs> it's like being a GM. <laughs> uh, one more. Uh just to keep it simple, like a shield that seems to be like unbreakable almost. It's like always in pristine condition somehow. Okay. Uh, so yeah, unbreakable shield. I like it. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, and so what is it you're depositing into the treasury? Yeah, so I'm just dropping off a cunning coat of mail. I'm trying mm -hmm. to remember what that is. Uh, that was your starting uh, That was your starting purchase. And oh, you yeah. Did an, you did an upgrade to it, uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it should have cunning coat. So it's what is... it has just two yeah. load... Uh, well, load. this treasury, like, is you know part of it's for for people to use in some cases, but also it's uh, almost like a museum in other cases, like these hand me downs of these notable cultural artifacts. So, like, what story do you tell that comes with this mail? Like, what's the story you tell of this and what happened to it and why we should they should care about it? Yeah, uh, I think the most notable is in the swamp. Uh, the marsh swamp just north of Bree, I believe. There's this troll that, just a mighty troll that tried to swing at me. All of a sudden, I came out like unaffected because of this male. Okay. Okay. So maybe like they start like logging it and they record it in these large tomes with these the kind of thick coverings and Jedi is like. Okay, we're gonna have to change that. <laughs> <laughs> Jetty is like writing out 
uh, you know, kind of logging this new entry, very appreciative and like hearing more of your tales, your friend Eloy is there with you helping kind of boost boost up. And plus you just look so much more presentable at this point. Maybe, maybe being so young, people were, were skeptical about you going out on your own, such a young age by yourself, not having any support of other dwarves or any particular purpose in mind. And you come back and dressed in some special kind of mithril, which again you're getting you know some of the elders like are can kind of confirm what Eloy has said it feels like there's something to that that if you want to get you know you if you want to ensure that it doesn't betray you at some point you would need to to perhaps you know find ways to to absolve yourself of it uh, or resolve the item itself of its sort of dark history um and they tell you that a few things um they tell you that if if Eloy is correct, and they do believe him to be, that it goes back as far as it does, that it stems to a very a very dark time in the relationship of dwarves and elves, uh, during which dwarves and elves west of uh, you know west of where you're at in the in sort of the the Blue Mountains before kind of the breaking of the world and Beleriand and, and, and the sinking, um, that there was sort of kinslaying, but not kinslaying, that's not the right word for it, but there was, there's battle between the two. And obviously the dwarves are going to tell you the story from their perspective with a bit of bias, but perhaps if you talk to Erebon or some of the other elves of Linden here and there, they might tell you something else. And so it's possible that it might stem back and have been tainted by some of those battles in some way, especially if it's of that age, if it's of of that origin in terms of craftsmanship and as much as it pains them to say perhaps seeking out an elf of great wisdom and age could perhaps lend more insight uh, into what it might be specifically no we're not naming him jet ski uh Arabon. <laughs> we're not naming him jet ski just throwing it out there as an option <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Archidev, he's like... We don't want sense, Jedi, obviously. sense a disturbance in this. Yeah, it's terrible. We, we, gotta, we gotta move it on. We gotta, we'll, we'll figure it out. It's gonna be something like that. Je, Jedediah. Jedediah. Oh, okay. Now, and that also means that, uh, mechanically speaking, you get to unlock the final of the three effects that this thing has. Oh, boy. As, you know, as Eloy has spent some time looking at this... Uh, and as some of the elder folks like Jetty here have gone through it, it it even more even more so they're kind of certain of its history, certain of its origins, certain that it likely was involved in some of these these horrible battles between elves and and dwarves um, through the greed and misunderstanding and just suspicion of each other. They start to notice. Uh, that while there is a darkness to it that almost seems magical in some way, or there's also just a griminess to it. It's been sitting within like a, a, a sunken swamp for quite some time. And with a little bit of effort and polishing by Eloy, runes are discovered on some of the chains. And it is rune-scored armor. When you make a protection roll um, while wearing a rune-scored armor, you ignore the effects of being miserable or weary. Wow, that's crazy. 
Yeah. So it, it really, really helps with protection rolls between ancient close fitting and rune squirt armor. Let me go ahead and I'll open that up for you in a second. That um, means that Floyd can carry all the treasure he wants and it doesn't matter if he's weary. I figured he would love this. <laughs> At the same time, oh, he... <laughs> it's cursed. So I figured yeah, yeah, this is <laughs> who better to give an awesome item that's totally cursed to than Long. Long's the perfect person. I'll take it. That's fine. <laughs> Someone said before in chat, like, man, he's going to feel real bad when they tell him we have to get rid of it. There's no way Long's getting yeah. rid of this. Are you, do you know him? No way he's getting rid of this. That was me saying, like, this is not yeah. going to be a fun conversation. <laughs> we try to say, like, this could be problematic. Yeah. It's free, but it's cursed. You're telling me it's free. Right. <laughs> That's all he hears. He doesn't hear the second part. Curse, Schmerz. All right. So. Uh, all right. It's updated now if you want to drag over the new version. It has all three of the effects. That's rad. Okay. Mithril. Okay, Mithril. I uh, you again. You guys have gotten extraordinarily fortunate on the treasure rolls. Every time I've done treasure rolls, basically you've gotten uh, some kind of magical item. Um, three of those times. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but obviously one of those times a cursed item rolled up, but it's still a magical item. Uh, but likely it would need some kind of um something to to kind of clean the clean you know cleanse it of its of its dark past uh but at least you you know something to do like you have something that you could potentially uh i just out. heard that three of those items are cursed three of those items oh i don't want to spoil one of those items is cursed that's <laughs> <laughs> why so i'm not taking any magic items i'm i'm fine being item free you're gonna have a you're the exact your opposite of floy and- Everything oh, is just it's fine. fine. Everything fine. is fine. All right. Uh, let's see. Who? Let's go ahead and switch the music up slightly. Who would like to go next uh, for your your personal undertaking? Um, for my personal undertaking, um, Gilly's just going to study pondered, storied, and figured maps. Oh, okay. So I figured maybe she'll go up to like Oswald Breaker. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, get some studying in because he said she could use his library. I did forget to ask him about the letter also. Yes, uh, and he does confirm that he did receive it, that the merchants uh, that you met along the road, uh, they did in fact uh, provide, you know, they did they did do what they said they would do. Uh, I think their name was Ingar and I can't remember the other. There were two of them. Um, and Marin. Uh, Ingar and Marin. Uh, yeah. They uh, they did in fact deliver your message, uh, which was the last he actually heard of you. And he, they were growing kind of concerned, um, especially since you guys took a whole month effectively yeah. <laughs> staying to recuperate Floyd. So they probably were getting very very nervous at a certain point. But yeah, when you go to see him, uh, he's quite pleased to see you, uh, and uh, he is not a man who is known for his kindness. Uh, because he's kind of a curmudgeonly old widow, in fact. Uh, mm-hmm. I apparently have a lot of those in game. Uh, Melissa, look <laughs> out. Um, but uh, but he, uh, yeah, he's more than happy to extend his library to you. He has the most extensive one, uh, extensive library in these parts anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, so effectively what this is going to give you is bonus. You know, you're going to get that that journey phase bonus. So whenever you would do, it's actually during the during the next adventuring phase, whenever you do uh, any kind of event resolution, you get a plus one to all the feet rolls. 
And the higher you roll on those event resolution rolls, the better the event. So it means the likelihood of you having more positive encounters and finding shortcuts and things like that are, is higher mm -hmm. than having negative um, events. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, is there any particular part of the world uh, that you know of that you would be wanting to study more than others? Um, Gilly feels like a more like anything more kind of like north because of Karn Doom and all of the stuff around that. She kind of feels like maybe that'll be like the next thing we might move towards to investigate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe you start looking into more Fornost and North Downs. Uh, he has a few bits uh, on Anuminus uh, and the hills of Evendim, mm -hmm. but uh, not, not as much as he would like, of course, uh, but he does have some. Uh, he explains that, like, the capital of, like, the northern kingdoms of, of, of men before it was Fornost was Anuminus, uh, and eventually yeah. that was shifted. So he kind of gives you, like, a brief history lesson. Uh, he he kind of shows you, like, the northern parts of, of the, like, where the area of the shires marked off, where the north moors are, the lake itself. Um, Anuminus, just like Fornost, is, like, a yeah. ruin, effectively, and... Um, what little he has it's been years since he's journeyed anywhere himself uh so how how you know up to date these maps are it's hard to say uh he has he has the ear and the attention of many uh many a ranger like talendale yeah. and marimbem and others who who update him when he when they can uh, she, but it's um, never perfect she'll also take the time to like help create a new map with him of like the path that they took up towards mount brom and okay. Um, the things that they discovered along the way. So like the um, hill folk area that we found. Nadil's um, she... homestead, a friendly yep. homestead, yeah. Marks okay. it as friendly, but caution. <laughs> yeah, caution, uh, friendly. Uh, the yeah. the valley where the ruin was and the nameless thing yep. uh, is something you could probably put on there. And maybe even on the way back, you, you saw many silhouettes of ruins and things here and there. You just, you guys were... Yeah just wanted to get the hell out of there but at then that point what she marks in mount grom of like the troll caves and sure. the whole battle area of where the orcs and stuff were so then part uh, of it's like making the map but part of it's like journaling and giving like a key and description of things here and there yeah 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 excellent uh okay uh anybody else uh undertaking what's your personal that just leaves me yeah let's do it uh the final part of my journey then would be to head back south um and i would be again not looking for civilization but looking to be on the path that the elves travel uh between the gray havens and rivendell uh and i want to uh gather rumors indeed um, i i would try to find a cave or ruin or something uh near the path that would uh provide some sort of shelter because i i plan on being there for a period of time okay um and i would specifically try to approach elves without necessarily revealing a lot about myself mm -hmm. uh looking for information about balavan putting you on the spot okay um so Balavan is your friend who who fell in the Battle of Fornost, right? I don't know if he fell. I don't oh. know anything about what happened after that battle. 
Okay. So I'm curious if so he could be living if he's alive if he you know if he just rolling the seas, right now if he's yeah I just rolled to I, like I, I said I'm know. putting you on the spot <laughs> I now know okay um all right so I can give you at least one uh, but I'll tell you what I'll give you like two and a half since you specifically asked about an elf by the name of Balavan. So you do, in fact, meet some groups of elves, some of whom seem to be taking the sort of the, the final trip to the Grey Havens to get on the boats and sail west. Others that are just travelers. Uh, you meet even some hobbit folk and merchants, even dwarven merchants that come by passing through along the road. So it's not, you know, it's you, you do meet every couple of days or so during your, your, your time here. Uh, you do see uh, travelers, some of whom you can tell from a distance that you don't want to speak with. They, they seem more of the, uh, of kind of the, the ruffian type and others look, you know, more receptive to conversation. Um, the elvish groups that you meet, um, tell you a few things. Uh, they, uh, they mention Kurdan the shipwright uh, and how at the great port of Mithond at the Greyhaven specifically, um, you know that apparently there's rumors of him kind of been very troubled of late um, and that he has actually sent his uh, his herald Galdor out, Galdor of the Havens, um, because rumors have come to him of something about um, kind of adventurers or fighting or, or um, activity uh, at the, the ruins of Fornost and Kurdan himself having, having been at the battle. Uh, and so he has sort of sent his herald out uh, to some of the, the local areas trying to identify like who or what went, you know, happened here. Um, and, uh, the rumors are is that there's just something that has been troubling him him greatly, uh, and normally he is a, a very steady, uh, steady individual. Um, in terms of 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 Balavan, uh, the name is is bantered about a bit um, here and there. Uh, you, I'll tell you what. Um, I wouldn't hold out much hope because Balavan would be in the Grey Havens, and then. Most of the yeah. travel happens from Rivendell to the Grey Havens. Right. So whether they actually know or not. Roll a courtesy test. I am fantastic at courtesy. We do also. I have say that about you all the time. Three if you want any. It's no, totally I'm not going to help them. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty much on par for Erebon when it comes to dealing with other elves. All you get about the name Balavan is they seem a little, um, you know, that. You don't really meet anyone with any specific knowledge, but uh, the name Balavan does strike a memory um, here or there. Uh, no one is too certain. Um, but th as far as they're aware, um, he hasn't fallen at the Battle of Fornost. Where he is now is uncertain, and whether or not he has since taken the ships is unknown. Um, but you do perhaps run across somebody who is who is aware of the name and has seen them at some point in the time, you know, in times in the past, you know, thousand plus years since the battle itself. So 
you at the very least have that knowledge. Uh, whether uh, they are still here is a totally different question. It, it does give me a little flicker of hope, but I take care not to hope too strongly. Uh, and of course, I would thank them for their time and then mm -hmm. uh, leave uh, as soon as I could exit the situation. Uh, that'll be just, that's yeah. that's half a rumor. Yeah. And then yeah. here's the other rumor you get is you have been hanging around uh, this area. So it makes sense that you would learn this at some point, especially if you're specifically listening to this. Uh, and maybe this is even the merch. So you, you come across a, a, a sort of this is late winter at this point. It's been like you've been at this for a while traveling around here and there. And you get you run across a, a group of, of merchants, um, perhaps even the one, you know, these are dwarven merchants that are kind of coming through the Shire. And maybe Floyd might, in fact, be on this wagon. I don't know. Would that be fair, Floyd? Would you be returning at some point? Yeah, I'd be returning at some point. And so maybe it's just the sheer happenstance, happiness of fate. It's been a couple Not months. Not that I would recognize him. That's actually very oh, fair, as, as maybe you don't immediately <laughs> notice him. But Floyd, you recognize Erebon, of course, the morose, uh, uh, very gloomy uh, elf, elf that you have met. Our emo boy. Never Your seen emo. a sadder elf. Uh, but at some point, um, Floyd, you probably just, again, same thing before. It's just like hitching a ride, safer to travel in groups when, when possible. Uh, and you're, you're, you've, you've been traveling with these merchants who stop for some time to do some business in the Shire. And specifically, they like you, maybe even you heard some of these as well, Floyd. There are these rumors um, out of North Farding uh, in the Shire, which is sort of the northern parts of the Shire itself. And maybe it struck a chord with you, Floyd, and and Erebon now as well, of during the winter, apparently some hobbits saw, or at least have, you're not sure if they're stories, you're not sure if it's true, you're not sure if it's just children who were kind of playing up uh, towards the uh, the northern parts of the Shire, towards the North Moors and everything. They, they tell stories of apparently some strange folk that were kind of crossing the frozen Lake Evendim. Uh, because in the it's it's in the winter months the lake freezes, but otherwise the lake itself, which flooded years back during the fell winter, and kind of the waters rose and parts of the parts of the the city of Anaminas sort of sunk beneath the water itself. But they saw groups of very strange people, well equipped to handle the cold, um, larger, more sort of robust and. Uh, kind of powerful and like the children of the of the hobbits were kind of telling you know tales about them and even doing like these little makeshift plays in the markets and things and that they crossed the the lake themselves and and likely the rumor is is that there's all manner of treasure and artifacts of power and within the the old capital of the north kingdom of men um and so that's the other rumor you hear and Floyd, you can get in on that one too, basically. So Curden, Curden the shipwright. You're welcome, Floyd. Yeah, Curden the shipwright, uh, very troubled, and is specifically sending out um, his herald looking for people who know information about what happened at Fornost. And also there apparently were people during the winter months traveling across the frozen Lake Evendim and possibly into the ruins of the great city of Enominas. Okay. Uh, is it everyone did their personal, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So then let's next step. 
Uh, so we've done undertaking options. At a certain point, all of you make it back uh, to the Bree lands, Erebon, Floy. You travel perhaps for a few days together. Um, maybe even a Rineal comes down from her perch on the mountains at a time that somewhat coincides with this merchant caravan that's coming. And again, travel in groups is always safer. And so maybe that's where the three of you at some point over the course of maybe a week's worth of travel, one after the other, as people come and go and split off into these smaller villages along the, the Great East Road between Bree and Brandywine Bridge, the three of you come back together and journey into Bree itself and then over to Stottle, where I would say at least one or two of you know the home of Gilly, and you're able to once again kind of come together and you're lingering around and you have one more fellowship undertaking that all of you can agree to take on your own like this is this is a joint decision yeah. uh and you only have you have to choose between one of four options so for and they all correspond to your your callings so as a treasure hunter floy you could pick uh the group could pick um the study magical items uh as a scholar, you could pick study maps, which would give you an additional bonus. Uh, you already have the plus one. This would potentially stack and give you plus two. Arrhenial, um, as a champion, you bring the write a song. So you could potentially write a song. And there's different options of what that song could be. Mm-hmm. And then Erebon would give rumors. So those, so one of those four, um, what would you all choose? That is a good question. Uh, upon seeing Floyd, Arrhenial is going to want to do some bathing <laughs> because the entirety of Yule's, of Yule so far has been kind of out and about. Yeah, of course. Um, Apparently, Erebon okay. needs a bath as well. <laughs> it's true if you never mentioned that you bathed, so I'm assuming you didn't. That's the rule now. If you don't say you bathed, you didn't bathe. I also did not pee the entire winter. <laughs> that's That's fair too, yeah. You meditated and it went away. Oh god, yeah, that's one of my yeah. favorite he commercials. Have to worry about it. My body runs at peak efficiency. I have zero waste. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys have looked into write a song, but that seems pretty useful. Because basically, it gives us advantages: either um, a walking song, a song of victory, or lay, which is either journey, combat, or council benefits. Yeah. I did look into that and I almost chose it, but then the list of all the songs were like happy and positive things. And I'm like, Erebon <laughs> wouldn't write those. Are there any other magical items that we don't know what they do? Besides the armband? Uh, Just the armband. That's the only one you have. Yeah, because we totally... Besides the armband? Okay, listen. This isn't D&D 5th <laughs> edition. You don't all have three attunement <laughs> slots and stuff. Like, it's, it's not quite that much. Hey, Stankfoot. Uh, yes, that's our favorite uh, yellow sign emote. Yes. But um, it's heroes succeeding in the role ignore the effects of being weary for the length of the heroic venture. So singing a song in combat is considered a secondary action. So like times where we've all of us have been weary during combat. <laughs> we're just like we're getting wrecked. That That's an option to kind of help deal with that. I mean, Arrhenial now has one point in the song skill. So. Yeah. That's that's just I have a two points in song. Thing. Oh, there you go. Hold yeah, on. I out. have one. Um, but yeah, yeah, let's I try think... this write a song thing. And... 
Yeah. I'd be down for strength and friendship or write a song or study the magical item. Erebon can provide the tune, if not the lyrics. Yeah, we can't do strength and fellowship because this one is specific to our callings. So that's oh, like yeah, my the bad. general one. Yeah. It's like we're writing a song. I love I love that Erebon is the backup bass player for the cure. Yep. yep. <laughs> there you that's, go. There you that's go. perfect. That's very accurate. Okay, so you guys uh, can choose between Lay. So you said you, there's one you couldn't take because you've already done it or. Oh, no, there's just lay, the strength which, and fellowship wasn't an option. Okay, yeah. so there's lay for councils. Uh, so that's, so you, could, you have to choose between the different types of songs. There's lay, uh, which is councils. A player hero creates a short narrative poem, particularly appropriate to, narr- to narrate heroic deeds and meant to be recited or sung at gatherings. Uh, you could do song of victory, which is combat. Warriors sing stirring songs in combat to lift their spirit and renew their lust for battle. Uh, or the walking song, which is for journey. Travelers trudging along the final hours of a long day of traveling may find it helpful to hum a merry song, especially when they are drawing near to their destination. Uh, so, yeah. Is there a preference? Um, I would lean towards combat or journey. Yeah, and I was I leaning agree. council or combat. How about you, Floyd? Of course, combat. <laughs> okay. All right. That's sounds three like for decided. Okay. All right. So it sounds yep, yep. it sounds like combat. Okay. Uh, all right. So uh, it does say that the player is encouraged to come up with a song title or its lyrics. For example, taking inspiration from events that occur to the company or focusing on one or more player heroes. We're at we're at our time, so we're going to be breaking here in a minute. For next week, your homework. I want everyone to come back with a with a song title and like maybe one lyric and then we'll vote on which one of those song titles are the best. And we'll see if we can kind of combine the layers, something like that. We'll, we'll figure we'll out everyone does that's So you're, you're responsible for that for next week. Okay. So then um, before we break, as we're about to break, we have two rumors that you all have. Um, is there one in particular that, that kind of catches your attention that you're going to want to follow up on? Um, or is there something else that catches, that has the attention of the of the fellowship that you would rather do? Two rumors what? being Balavan and this Lake uh, Well, Balavan is more Evans, of a personal Herald, rumor. Okay. Uh, yeah. The treasure, uh, Lake uh, Evendim, I believe it is. And then uh, also, I was having dreams of the hill folk, and I assume they're still a threat as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that ties in with the Frozen Lake one because it sounds like they're hill folk that they're describing. So I'm interested in that one. I would be interested in that. Okay. Is that okay with Floyd and Arineal? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm going to put that down as likely the next path we're taking so I can kind of get some extra prep work ahead of time. And that's where we'll kind of kind of go. So we'll end then tonight with you all sort of the the winter has broken. And you all have kind of returned together, shared your experiences that you feel like sharing and kind of keep the secrets that you feel like keeping. Uh, you you kind of have a plan to perhaps continue to look into the hill folk and see whether this rumor out of the Shire about strange folk crossing the frozen lake of, uh, of Evendim is at all connected. Uh, and perhaps you'll do some research into it, maybe journey there and dig into it some more. Uh, okay. In chat, the like question a- is, do the hill folk have snowshoes? 
Uh, oh, I don't know. You're going to have to. We'll have to find out. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Snowshoes. Look what you've done, Melissa. Uh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to end it there. Uh, nice. That was fun. I enjoyed it. I hope other people enjoyed enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Always like backstory, backstory downtime. Yeah. Stuff. I like the like, character building. At some Dealing point, I would like. high with her dad. Yeah. <laughs> I like getting high with my dad. Okay. Let's just be real. Uh, at some point, we should do like. I think we should do some cool, like, little flashback stuff, too, to, like, Erebon. Erebon's so old, you know, like, where he's been all this time. Floy, Gilly, Erineal, how you all met, uh, how you met Balin, that kind of thing. Like, we could could do little bits and pieces like that. Little, um, uh, what's it called? Like, Blades in the Dark flashbacks here and there to sort of help flavor certain moments, things like that. Uh, okay, uh, before uh, we get going, uh, let's see, some, some future plugs. Uh, when are we playing Darkest House next there, Steven? A week from today, that would be the ninth. Yeah, yeah. We left on a, a little bit of a cliffhanger. Uh, Am I yeah, dead in this are... one? Tune in. We'll find next out. Week Tune in to next find week. Out. <laughs> yeah, darkest house. Pretty fun game. It's uh, it's like a haunted house, surrealist horror, Monty Cook games. Uh, Monty Cook games. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And yeah, we're Steven likes to make me cry. Ready to? Yeah. <laughs> you cry because you're a great actor. It's not because <laughs> of me. <laughs> And I have just gone crazy. Uh, I, I mean, there's no You're mechanical reason. A lovely to do it. dress. It's a lovely dress. I feel very yeah. good. It's a beautiful it. dress. Gorgeous. It looks great on you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, makes me happy. Uh, as for us, uh, Monday is the next time we'll be streaming. You can catch uh, Melissa and myself as we're playing some Deadlands. Uh, so come back for that. Next Friday, we're going back to Traveler. We just started up Traveler. Uh, we had our first proper session yesterday. Last week, we did some character gen. Uh, you can catch it on our YouTube channel as well. We'll have uh, we'll have that up pretty quick, uh, but we'll be that back with that on Friday. Yeah, I like how we have like very different games. Like we have like yeah. uh, some weird West horror. We've got like Traveler, which is space you know space sci-fi, and then we've got Lord of the Rings uh, stuff here, which is pretty great. Uh, and then next Saturday we'll be back for more wondering. Uh, thank you for everyone who hung out. Uh, chatted with us, draw some ideas, draw some bits. We really do appreciate it. Y'all are great. Yes. Uh, for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, really appreciate that too. Uh, follow the channel uh you know whether you're following twitch or whether you're following you know youtube or both would be even even better we really do appreciate it uh if you want to hang out for a moment we'll find you somebody else uh to continue your saturday uh probably i would say evening for most uh Mm -hmm. to continue watching some role-playing games looks like we've got some friends over at i think dragons in the dining room is running right now so uh hang tight the raid will pop up in a second follow it and uh we'll catch you next time so Uh, Good night, everybody. Bye. Later. Bye.